protected. And uh, Lord, thank you for being merciful to, Lord, even me and how flawed I am. I sure do love you, love your people. Thank you that we get to be a part of this family, God, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand for the reading, Judges chapter 8. Working through the book of Judges. The title tonight is this, Help Out. Help Out. So Gideon and his men, they have started, God, they, they started this battle by obeying God. 300 blue trumpets, broke pitchers, shined lamps, shouted the sword of the Lord in of Gideon, and hundreds of thousands of Midianites went on the run. They chopped each other down, but there's still more victories to be won. Don't get bored. God wants us to have complete victory. We should be after as much victory as God wants us to have. And there's a certain victory that God will just give to us. But then there's some victories we got to go get. We got to go get them. Like God can say, hey, there's a door you didn't consider, but then you got to be willing to go walk through those doors. You got to be willing to, to invest in it. So they're pursuing. Well, we talked about this. You know what happens when you pursue? You get weary. You get weary. So look at chapter 8, verse number 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and the 300 men that were with him, faint, yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Succoth, give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint. And I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, are the hands of Zeba? No, look, they had an attitude when they said it. It's in the Hebrew. Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thy hand? That we should give bread unto thine army? And so Gideon responds in a very amazing way. Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Now he's saying, I'm going to make a whip out of thorns. And I'm going to instruct you. And he went up thence to Penuel. Penuel and Succoth were close. They were cities, villages that were close to each other. And uh, I believe in the tribe of either Gad or Dan. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, when I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkor, and their hosts with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of all the hosts of the children of the east, for there fell 120,000 men that drew sword. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt on the east of Noba, and Jogbaha, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zalmunna fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmunna, and discomfited all the host. And Gideon, the son of Joab, returned from the battle before the sun was up, and caught a young man of the men of Succoth, and inquired of him. And he described unto him the princes of Succoth, and the elders thereof, even threescore and seventeen men. And he came unto the men of Succoth, and said, So he comes back with Zeba and Zalmunna. 
with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, Are the hands of Ziba and Zalmunna now in thine hand, that we should give bread unto thy men that are weary? And he took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. This was not a lesson about plants. And he beat down the tower of Penuel and slew the men of the city. The title, again, is Help Out. Father, thank you that you love us. And please be in the word tonight and help us to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. So as you know, when you apply yourself to a labor, over time you're going to get weary. You're going to be tired and you, and you will need to be refreshed. You will need someone to aid you. I enjoy this about endurance races, that there are, there are race crews, there are support crews, whether it's with running or it's with a bike. There are people whose job it is to come along and just to give you food, to give you drink, to give you clean socks, to give you a fresh pair of shoes, to give you some Advil or some ibuprofen. There are people that are there just for the purpose of making sure that you have the refreshing that you need. They supply. They're not able to run the race for you. This is an important distinction. They can't run the race for you, but they can make sure that you have the energy that you need to keep running the race. And they can't necessarily make the race any easier but they can make sure that you have energy that is sufficient to keep running the race that is in front of you. So Gideon and his men are weary, but notice this, that the battle that they are fighting is in fact helping the entire nation. Now, it was just a few hundred of them that God chose. And look, I don't know why God chose it except to make sure that the nation of Israel recognized that their that their ability was from God, their strength was from God, and that they wouldn't be lifted up in pride, but he chose Gideon, and then he whittled the army down to 300, and then he sends them, and by Gideon, and by those 300, he gives a victory that, do you see this, that benefits the entire nation. No, it's not just Gideon and his men that are benefiting. Penuel and Succoth are going to benefit from this because the infestation of the Midianites and their oppression and how they had robbed the nation of crops, that wasn't just limited to Gideon and those 300 men. That was affecting the entire nation. That was affecting many tribes. That was an affliction to many, many people. And so God raises up this small group to then fight a battle for which only God can receive the glory, but then through their labor and their effort, the entire nation is going to benefit from it. Not everybody could fight the battle. Now, stay with me. Not everybody could fight that battle. Well, why? Because God had said, Gideon's going to lead them, and I only want these 300. God showed Gideon how to whittle it down, so we have to assume that the 300 that were there were the 300 that God wanted that God chose, and so God uses 300, a fractional percentage of the population, to fight a battle that the entire nation enjoys. Listen, the, the risk of the entire nation was minimal, but their benefit was very, very high. They weren't having to fight the battle. 
in all the ways that Gideon and his men were. But they were benefiting just as much as Gideon and his men were. So Gideon's tired. His men are tired. They are faint, yet pursuing. And that, that wasn't a knock of their character or their commitment. They just need to be refreshed. So they stop at Succoth, and they stop at Penuel. And, and at this point, this army that was in the hundreds of thousands is now down to something like 15,000. And you're thinking that the evidence of progress would be enough to convince them of the success of this. Oh, this is... The evidence of progress. Listen, the battle's still being fought. And no, Gideon's not perfect. And no, the 300 aren't perfect. But it's obvious that they are making progress. Is it obvious? Okay, it's obvious that they're making progress. So he comes up to Succoth. Then he comes up to Penuel. And he's like, hey, my, my dudes are really tired. We need some bread. We just need some refreshment. I'm not asking you to give yourselves or to give your sons to go and fight this battle. I'm not asking you to hazard your lives anyway. I'm just asking you to come alongside and to take some of your resources and to supply it so that we can be refreshed and we can have the energy that we need in order to keep fighting a battle that it's obvious God has already given much success in and that we can keep fighting a battle that it's obviously benefiting you. Those two things were obvious. God is, God is using this. You don't have to like it. God is using it. And number two, you are, in fact, benefiting from it. Now, you would think this was an easy answer. Look, the Midianites are gone, and you just want some loaves? Here you go. No, you would think that, no, we're talking about, listen. We're talking about bread here. No, look, maybe I don't get as many sandwiches as I want tonight. But I can give up a sandwich or two for your men to keep fighting a battle that is obvious God has already given you progress. And it's also obvious that the entire nation is benefiting from. Here is a little bit of bread for you to have. Here's some loaves for your men. 300? Yeah, I can get around. Get in if you and your men can just wait here a couple of hours. We're going to go around. We'll go house to house. I think we can get some bread for you. But instead, they got this response from both Pen Penuel, Succoth, excuse me, and Penuel. And that was this. Huh. Where are the kings at? Where are, where are Zeba and Zalmuna? feel like I need twins that I can name them, Zeba and Zalmuna. Is Andrea in here? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> we'll get puppies. Okay, no. <laughs> no, no. Where, where, are, where are Zeba and Zalmuna? It's not, you, you don't have those guys yet. You're acting like you've already won this. You're acting like you've already done something and you don't, you don't even have those guys yet. And you're wanting us to help you out? Here was the attitude. There was this cynical, critical spirit where they wanted these guys to win a war without having to make any investment in winning the war. They wanted a war to be won without doing anything to support it. So Gideon promises retribution. Look, I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm not preaching a message on this part. At least not making literal application here. <laughs> but Gideon says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, no, I'm going to teach you a lesson with thorns. I asked you for some bread, but now I'm going to demand flesh. No, I'm going to knock down that tower. And some of you are going to lose your lives. Now, people, people would be critical of this. And he goes back and he whips them with thorns and he breaks down their tower and he kills many of them. But I want you to notice what one man said about this. Some have said that this showed resentment and harshness. But please notice this. Notice this next part. But when a man is at war, he is not in the habit of sprinkling his adversaries with rose water. War is in itself so great an evil that there are many other evils necessarily connected with it. It seems to me that if, when Gideon was trying to deliver his own countrymen, they scoffed at him and refused him bread for his soldiers in the day of their hunger, they deserve to be punished with great severity. What are you saying? It was obvious God was using Gideon, and the entire nation was benefiting from Gideon. And all they were being asked to do was to give some bread. And instead, they're like, you're not making enough progress. You're not doing it. Nope. Until you prove this. In other words, we're going to keep benefiting from a victory, a battle, without making any contribution to it. Remember this. He wasn't asking them to fight the battle. He was asking them to help him stay in the battle. We can be guilty of the same thing. I wrote it down this way. We want benefit without benefaction. I had to look up the word benefaction. It means to make a contribution. We want benefit without benefaction. We want battles to be won without supporting the effort to win the battles and we're happy, we're all too happy to benefit from the battles that others are fighting. But we aren't willing to be invested in, in the ways that are necessary. Let me give you some ways that this happens. It doesn't happen here. But it doesn't mean it couldn't happen here. And just because it's not happening on a large scale doesn't mean it's not happening in somebody's heart or personal life here. Churches do this with pastors. Here's the truth. When a pastor is fighting the battle to labor in the word and to seek God for the people God's put him with, and to pour himself into those people. And you can say, well, I don't think and have all sorts of opinions about it. But then you see the evidence of God using it. And then churches will say, no, you need to keep fighting the battle. But we don't need to be that invested in you. Here's what I'm talking about. How much are we going to pay that guy? Now look, I don't bring this subject up very much on purpose. 
but it is in the Bible. No, it is, Brother Justin. It is in the Bible, as a matter of fact. No, I, 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 I grew up in a pastor's home where my dad, working a part-time job, no, working a full-time job on a part-time way because the company didn't want to pay him full-time benefits, and pastoring a church, and I listened to men say to his face as a kid, I could do a better job than you for half of what you get made, get paid. No, I thank God for the spirit of this church. I thank God for the leadership and the heart of the men that God has placed here. That desire to make sure our family is taken care of. You just got to make sure that it doesn't become about, well, I just wonder how much. That's not the question. Here's the question. Is there benefit to your life? Is there any evidence of God using the, the person that he's brought here? Listen, I, I preach this about David Hetzer. There is no doubt that God used David Hetzer to do a major work of turning this place around. And there was, there was, not, in a, there was not too much that we could bless his family with. And you say, well, how much is too much? No, that's the wrong question. The question is, how much have you benefited from the man that God has placed in your life to pour into you and to pray for you and to preach to you and to lead in making a place where people's faith can grow? How much have you benefited from that? No, that's the question. No. But we're about to go a whole lot of places besides there. I just get rid of the awkward one before I make it awkward for everybody else. Churches do that to staff. Pastors do it to staff. Yeah, I'm a, no, 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 I want this for me. But no, nobody else gets to be taken care of or blessed or helped. Mm, no, church families can do that to staff. You know what happens when you come on staff? You start to get responsibility and authority and then you start to use it. You know what happens when you start to use the platform your pastor gives to you? Not everybody's going to like it. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Dolly. <laughs> like, well, hey, look, look, look. I'm not talking about running around and just doing whatever you want. We don't have those kinds of people in leadership anywhere. But you empower people to do a job, then you want them to do a job, and sometimes that means taking initiative and kind of changing things. And so people in positions of leadership are going to do things, and sometimes it's like, well, man, I just, I just don't know if I like that way that they did it. Hey, is it, the question isn't, do you like every single thing? Here's the question. Are you benefiting from them and their labor, and is there evidence in their life that God is using them? Let me ask you a question. Look, I, maybe this isn't even, no, it's okay. I can ask this question. Is it obvious God is using Brother Z? Yeah. Well, I don't think Brother Z is perfect or whatever. Right. I know he's not perfect. I actually factually know that like he knows that about me. Yeah. So what is that? Is there evidence that God is using him? Absolutely. Is there evidence God is using Adam and Rebecca? Absolutely. Is there evidence God is using Fiavai and Rothana? 
Absolutely. Is there evidence God is using Nate and Danielle? Absolutely. Is there evidence God is using Robbie and Marcella? Is there evidence that God is using men like Patrick and Scott who faithfully stay in the back? Is there evidence that God used a lady like June to lead the cleaning and now is using Lindsay in order to lead the cleaning? Is there evidence that God is using Andrea and others to help her in the nursery? Sorry, I had a brain lapse for a minute. I got there. You say, man, I, I just don't know if I, hey, it's not about how much you like. Is there evidence that God is using them? And look, that's not even primarily about money. Let me just talk for a minute. I thought, I, I thought about telling y'all it's going to be really short, and then the Lord said, don't say that. Well, I got convicted. I don't know if he said don't say that. I just got convicted. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that. Brother Robbie and Miss Marcella doing a great job with the youth. No, being a blessing. Being a blessing. Yep. You know, sometimes they need some bread. Can I tell you what bread looks like when you have kids in the youth department and when you don't? Can I tell you what bread looks like? Bread looks like this. Number one, I'm going to pray for them. And occasionally, I'm going to make sure they understand that I appreciate their investment. That's what bread looks like. You know what else bread looks like? When they set a rule for the youth department that your kid doesn't obey, you don't get in the way of them trying to help your child be on board. And sometimes, no, look, I don't, I don't think we have a big problem, but we're trying to keep we're trying to prevent problems, and I didn't go looking out this text randomly. It's just the next section of Scripture, and it says what it says, and this is the application. And there are times when people come along, well, they, like Succoth and Penuel. Oh, well, you just need to prove. Hey, no, they don't need to prove anything to anybody. They've already proven it. That's why they're in the position that they're in. Their testimony has borne that out. And it's, it's just really helpful for a healthy church if when your child needs to be dealt with, you're allowed to ask any question to them about your children that you want to. But if they say that your child has a problem, instead of blaming them, why don't you go home and consider the possibility that your child actually does have a problem? Man, this is helpful. You know what that's called? Bread. You know, I'm not going to make your job harder. I'm going to give you some bread. Because, by the way, they're fighting some battles that you don't have to fight in order to do what they do. And they're not asking or complaining. They're just trying to fight the battle, and they need some bread and for people to be on board. Here's another way you throw them bread. Get it. Please get this. Make sure your kids are involved in everything that's going on. No. You want your kids to build relationships here? Get them involved. You want your kids to be invested? Get them where they're being invested in. And look, stop making it optional for a 15-year-old whether or not they do things. No, I understand other dynamics like time and distance and all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about us. And then kids get older and they start working jobs. I get that. But when we allow our young people to dictate to us what they will and won't do, we are setting a really bad precedent for them down the road. Just give them some bread. Let me talk about the fee of eyes. And doing a great... Doing a great... 
doing a great job. I don't always love everything you say before you start the service on Sunday night. <laughs> I wouldn't trade you for anything, bye. Blessing. You and the Engbergs are doing a great job in that class. It's in flux. And they, they went through a season of drought that was not of their own making. And y'all are doing an awesome job in there. Look, everybody that's in that class or should be in that class, can you please get something? They're fighting battles that benefit you. Throw them some bread. You know, the Youngbergs, they're not asking for you to, it's not, it's not about compensating them. It's about helping them to keep fight a battle. How about this? Be at the activities. Well, it's just not my fun. Who cares? Change your attitude and ask God to help you have a bigger view of what's just fun in the moment. No, you don't have a mom and dad making you show up, but you ought to develop some conviction that that's my class and those are the people God has put in my life and they pray for me and they love me and they teach me and every week they care about me. I'm going to do my part to give them some bread to be invested in that class. Just give them some bread. Don and Jerry, just doing a great job back there. Great job. Thankful for it. Look, Brother Don is like a rose. <laughs> He's beautiful, smells really nice, and then he has these thorns on him. Like, well, if I were in that class doing that, I would do it differently. Well, maybe God had something to do with them being in the position that they're in. Just throw them some bread. Our ladies do an amazing job with the nursery. I'm, this isn't, what's the term for family preference? Nepotism. This isn't nepotism. My wife is doing a great job in the nursery. If her last name was something else, I would say she's doing a great job. And so if I would say it if her last name was different, I'm going to say it since her last name is the same as mine. My wife is doing a great job in that nursery. And she labors and she cares. And without complaint, without criticism, and I'm thankful for it. Well, you know, I, if I were running the nursery, I don't mean this ugly, but you're not right now. So just throw some bread. Just say, hey, instead of evaluating how you do the nursery... And it doesn't mean you can't make suggestions, but, but be, be a, a little more restrained with the suggestions and a little more liberal with the participation and the encouragement. No, I think I'll say that again. That's not even my notes. I'll just praise the Lord for that. Be a little more restrained with the suggestions about how you would do it differently and be a little more liberal with the participation and with the encouragement because there's battles with dirty diapers being fought every service that are a benefit to us in here so that guests can listen to the preaching of the word of God with as little distraction as possible and people get help because you know if you were honest that you couldn't pay as much attention 
attention. If a two-year-old was losing his mind or a nine-month-old was going crazy, you'd be looking all over the place and texting people and saying, what's wrong with parents today? Hashtag shut your kid up for crying out loud. But there are, there are ladies that labor because they love. So throw them some bread. talking about it our trustees great men ladies we're, we're coming up we're gonna have two new trustees and God just blessed this church with a lot of great people no I'm thankful for it listen please listen well, I, I just, I have a concern. Look, it's okay to have a concern. You can ask them any question. But how many times have you thanked them for being the godly men that they are? Because look, look, it is obvious God is blessing this church. No, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I say it with trepidation because I don't want to take for granted his blessing. I say it with humility because I don't think I or we are worthy of it. But he is choosing to bless this church. And one of the greatest blessings is through people. And God has blessed us in the past and in the present. And I'm confident in the future with men and with women that are a help to this church. And we can get, well, I just think this and I think that. Hey, is there evidence that God is working? And are you benefiting from that work? Then why don't you just throw some bread? some bread. Let me kind of shift gears. If y'all thought I was finished, let me shift gears for a second. I have somebody that comes in here and man, their life's just not quite in order yet. You know what I'm talking about? Look, we don't want to be a church where everybody's got it together because that means we're not reaching anybody. I don't, I, man, I don't want to hear about, well, they don't wear this or they don't say that or they're using this or they're not doing it. Look, you're, you're complaining to the wrong person. No, because I want people that don't have it all together because this is a place where they can learn by the grace of God and the fellowship of his people and the preaching of his word and the praise of his name. They can let Jesus help them get it together in areas. You know what? There can be people. It's obvious God is working. Look. Here's how it's obvious. They're here. No, they're here. And the fact that they would even sit in here means that God is opening up the door and that he is trying to do something in their life. And then come, here comes the critic, here comes the spiritual expert, and rather than throwing them bread and celebrating the progress of them being here, rather than throwing them bread and buying into the fact that God can help them win even greater battles, we, we can, if we're not careful, we can have this attitude, well, that's just not how we do it here. You know what I've, I love is that people figure out how things go, and they actually like it a lot more if we just let them figure it out by observing us. And if we would be more passionate about praising him and loving each other than we are critiquing the people that look different than us, man, it would be effective in ministering to people. Talk about the home. Young people. Look at me. Um, you that are being raised in a stable Christian home, mom and dad, look at me. Your mom and dad aren't perfect, but you got a Gideon in your life. 
and it should be obvious to you if you'd wake up enough, put your cell phone down, and consider what you see around you. By the way, parents, it's good for your kids to get involved in ministry because they see what else is out there. It's good for them to do more than just their own little thing. And they, get it, and they need to actually get and serve some people because then they realize, man, there's some other stuff out there that I've been protected from, hallelujah. No, look, look at me, sisters, young brothers, you got to get this. You got, you got some Gideons, and you could throw them some bread every once in a while. Well, how? How about you do this? Obey them with a good attitude. Look at me. No, no, look at me. I want your eyeballs on my eyeballs. They're not asking you to pay bills. They're not asking you to make sure the house doesn't fall apart. They're not asking you to make all kinds of crazy decisions under pressure that you know nothing about. Just throw them some bread by having a good attitude. Why don't you pray for your parents? So many times we demand things of our parents. You can learn how to pray for your daddy and mama. Man, it's good. I wish some more parents would say amen to this because it really help your homes. Just throw them some bread. You say, well, my home got broken up and I, I'm being raised in a single parent home or by people that aren't my parents. Hey, you got somebody that loves you. Oh, you got somebody that loves you. Some Gideons, throw them some bread. Say how? Well, the thing, same thing. What's true in a mom and dad home is true in a single dad home or true in a single mom home. No, throw them some bread by obeying them and thanking them and praying for them. They're not asking you to fight the battles. Look, I'm aware of this. This is not made in complaint at all. There are, there are battles that I have to fight that nobody else does because I'm the one who's the pastor. I'm not asking anybody else to fight that battles. But it sure does help when people give bread to keep that fight going. You know what else I know? I'm, look, I am actually trying to land the plane now. I know that he's fighting some battles that I don't. I know that he's fighting some battles that I don't. I know that he and she are fighting some battles that I don't. I know that he's fighting some battles that I don't. I know that they're fighting some battles, and these two ladies are fighting some battles. And I could just go around here. I say, I know people are fighting battles that I don't fight, but here's what I know. When Lou wins a battle, when Lou has victory, in ways she doesn't even understand, it's only a benefit to me. Meaning, it's nothing but a benefit to me. Like, well, what is me having a battle? What is me having victory as a mom and as a disciple of Christ? Look, when one of us is healthy, it helps all of us be healthy. When one of us is having victory, it helps all of us to have victory. And sometimes we don't see the benefit of people winning battles because we don't know everything about their battles. You don't have to know about their battles, man. Just know that every victory that is won, it's a benefit to you. I'm benefiting from it. Here's this statement. Be invested in what you benefit from. Be invested in. Can I encourage husbands and wives? Be invested in each other. No, husbands and wives, be invested in each other. Yeah, yeah your husband's not perfect. I know it. I know it. But throw him some bread. Is there evidence that, no, no, ladies, um, ladies, is there evidence that God is using him? No, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to wait. I'll get my wife to come up here and ask the question. 
Have you seen, I would like every lady that can say amen to this to say amen to it. Have you seen evidence of God working in your husband's life? What's your problem, woman? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. She said it. I'm just trying to keep it light in here. It's a joke. Ask her later. <laughs> no, have you benefited from your, well, my husband needs to do this and he needs to do that. Well, how about you keep throwing him some bread by love and appreciation and expressing gratitude for the ways that he has been a blessing and a help. Man. Husbands, love your wife. No, throw her some bread. No, I, I, look, I'm still learning this lesson. I've shared this with y'all. Hey, I'd come home and Andrea's like, man, teaching your children is so hard. And they're just this and they're that. And then in my infinite wisdom, I would want to tell her, I've never homeschooled anybody a day in my life. And the one time I tried, I lost my mind after like 30 minutes. Maybe it wasn't even 30 minutes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why can't you do better than this? And Man, she's there and she's laboring and sometimes it's just hard and it's not always perfect. And you know what, husbands, it's okay if your house isn't always immaculate. Especially, you got kids at home and you come home and there's some toys on the floor. God help me with this. One day I'm going to miss those toys being on the floor. No, sometimes it still needs to be picked up and my kids need to do a better job. But man, I want my house to be lived in. And I don't want my wife feeling pressure like if somebody from the church shows up, then she's going to have a bad testimony because her house is being lived in. We don't need to be that with her. We don't need to be that with anybody else either. And like in my wisdom, I'm going to tell my wife how to homeschool better because I'm such an expert on everything. How about this? How about I just throw her some bread and say, babe, I'm sorry that it's hard because they're like you and they're <laughs> like me. What can, I, what can I do? What can I do? Okay, uh, okay, last thing and I'm done. Those of you that are fighting battles, you can win them even if you're not getting the bread that you need. They, nah, ain't nobody need to be checking out. Yes, I said ain't. And nobody needs to be checking out. Well, I'm not getting the support that I need at home, or I'm not getting this at work, or I'm not getting, no, 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 no. God gave them grace and energy. We're not checking out. But you know what I would rather do? I'd rather be a pastor that gives bread to God's people. You know what I really want? Every, every time you come here, I want you to have bread. Oh, I do. It's my desire. I don't know if I give it to you all the time. I try. I ask God, I don't want to waste their time. I just want to give you bread. Just let this be a help. We should want to give each other bread. We should want to give bread in the homes. You benefit from so much that is going on around you. I just looking back there at Miss Megan. Miss Megan is an amazing lady who God is using in a great way. And every success that she has eventually trickles down to become a benefit in my life and the life of this church family. And she labors in that classroom. And while her sister's in Baltimore, Miss Brenda's been in there laboring and winning battles. And we can either give them bread or we can like, well, give you any bread. I would do it differently. Okay, maybe you would. But it might be that God's not going to let you do it differently if you always have that attitude. Be invested in what you benefit from. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.
are there are there battles that you're fighting and you and you say I'm tired look to those of you that going through fractured relationships or the loss of a spouse or other other challenges look I know it's hard and I know you're weary but you don't have to check out and maybe tonight there'd be some of you that say look I'm I'm just fighting battles but I need bread God will give you the grace that you need I'm going to ask the young people, are there some young people tonight, heads bowed, eyes closed, that you need to do a better job of giving your parents some bread? Your attitude, your prayer, your, your, your spirit at home just isn't what it needs to be. And you'd say, man, I, I need to do a better job giving my parents some bread. Would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. Be good to pray tonight, young people. You got mom and dads that love you. You got a dad or a mom that loves you. Man, they're fighting battles for you so that you don't ever have to fight some of these battles one day. Give them some bread. I wonder if there'd be some adults that say, there's an area in my life where I am more like Penuel and Suckoff. I am benefiting from without being invested in in all the ways that I know I need to be. My attitude isn't what it needs to be. My critical spirit is, is out of control. My participation or my desire for or my prayer for, I, I benefit from, but I'm not invested in in all the ways that I need to be. Whether it's in my home or in my church or at work, as a husband, as a wife, I'm just not... I'm not giving bread like I need to. Would you raise your hand before the Lord and say, yeah, that's me. Yep, I, yep, yep. Well, let's talk to the Lord for a moment. As God has spoken to your heart, let's stand, respond to him. Brother Nate, please start singing.